joyful we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melts the clouds of sin and sadness. Thank you for joining us for this program from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our program with others. Now, we take you to the service of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. How many of you like, uh, well, one of the questions we asked this morning as we were getting our class started was, if, if you were going, if your life was going to be a movie, what kind of genre movie would it be? And there were a lot of funny things. Brant was maybe my favorite. Brant was like, it's going to be like a two-episode like docu-series. He's like, there's just not a whole lot to it. Um, uh, you know, somebody said murder mystery. I'm not going to say which couple said murder mystery. Our class knows, and um, one of them said it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a, a mystery. Everybody would know. Uh, Robbie says his would be like a docu series, you know. And and so like, there's all these things. How many of you like getting on Netflix and all the different streaming and like can get really sucked into like murder mystery drama documentaries, like unsolved mysteries, those type of things. Paul and Silas is a what? It's a prison story. That's what we're going to talk about. Romans chapter 16, verses um, 16 through 40 is our story. But here's the idea that I want you to get this morning as you walk away from our lesson today. We're going to talk about it in a couple of different ways. Your focus determines your what? Your focus determines your reality. How many of you know what this is right here? Cecil? I know Cecil knows. What is that, Cecil? It is the Navy SEAL Warfare Pen, also known as the Navy SEAL Trident. Okay, uh, Navy SEALs, the most elite fighting force in the world. The most elite fighting force in the world. Uh, so many guys go in every year to try to become one of the Navy SEALs. Of all the guys that go in and try, only about 20% of the people that try to make, uh, make it in BUDS in, in the Navy SEAL training, they get this pen. Only 20% at the most. 20% in any given class will receive this pen. But that is their focus. That's what they're wanting, right? That, that, that is what they are striving for. They're trying to get to that so that they can get to the pinning ceremony and they can wear this with all kinds of pride and all kinds of honor. So that's what their focus is, what they're wanting. But there's something else that's there. That's not it. Ah, where did it go? It's not there. Okay. Um, there's something else that's there with them every day Every step of the way. Nathan, scroll down to the bottom of my um, presentation if you can. And there should be a picture of a bell. Is that bell there? If it is, put it up on the screen. Everywhere they go during buds, these guys have this bell in front of them. You know what happens when you ring that bell? What happens? What does that signify? I quit. I'm done. Let me ask you something. How easy is it to ring that bell? Long day, you've been out in the, one of the things that they do in this particular moment is they take them out to the ocean, they put them in the ocean, they have to lock arms with each other, and they have to all stay afloat together. What happens when you get three or four guys in a, in a group right here, and this little group of us right here, we get tired and we start to sink. What happens to the whole group? What do they all start doing? Sinking. But what else can happen? The rest of them can what? 
kind of keep you pulled up. But imagine that you've been in you've been in the water all day long. You've been in the water for hours with this group, and you're tired and you're exhausted, and you're thinking, okay, it's time, it's time to take a nap, man. It's time to and then all of a sudden they got you lined up, like it's time to run. Like we ain't taking no nap, it's trying to run. And watch right in front of you. And this is like you know, you're halfway through it and you're exhausted. It's the worst exhaustion you've ever had in your life. You're mentally tired. You're physically drained. How easy would it be to walk up there and grab the handle of that bell and just ring that bell? How easy would it be? Go back to the picture of the trident. But the truth of it is, is your focus determines your what? Reality. If you get up every day and you look for the bell and wonder if the bell's there, guess what your focus is going to be? It's going to be the bell. But if you woke up in training every day and you're focused on, I'm getting this pin, I'm making it there, your focus will determine your reality and you will make it through that moment. You'll make it through that moment. And that brings us to Acts chapter 16. Because Acts chapter 16 is very much a moment like this where Paul and Silas had to decide, what is my focus? Let's start in verse 16. To kind of get us caught up to where they are. Once when uh, we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owner uh, by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to this spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. So Paul and Silas uh, and, and, and their little group, they're in this town and they're doing great things, but this demon-possessed woman, this demon-possessed girl is following them around everywhere and just being annoying. Even though she's saying truth, even though she's saying truth, it's so annoying to them. But look at what the whole purpose is of what she's doing for the, for, for the guy that owned her. What's the last statement here? She earned a great deal of what? Money for her owners by fortune telling. So I want you to think about that for a second. You've got this guy. This is where we begin to figure out what our focus is. You've got one guy in this story that his focus, his reality is what? Wealth. I got to have it. I got to make more. And this, this girl, I don't understand why she can do this. I don't understand how she's doing it completely. But I know that she can tell the future and it's making me money. And that's his focus. Paul and Silas and their group, they're out there and they're trying to be men of God. They're trying to serve. They're trying to save. That much is true. But this girl just follows them around and follows them around and follows them around to the point that it just annoyed Paul. And he just turns around and he says, enough. I'm done with you. I'm tired of you. You ever get that way with people? Anybody ever been annoyed with someone and you just look at them and you're like, shut your mouth. That's what Paul does. And at that moment, what happened? Spirit left her. When the owner realized that their hope of making money was gone, so what are they focused on? What's their reality? Money. And they're upset. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us. 
uh, Romans to accept their practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates, magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. Now, I really think sometimes in these particular moments in Scripture, it's hard for us to really place ourselves there and understand really understand what Paul and Silas are going through here because this is persecution at the level in America for us that we don't get. We, th this still goes on in other places, but in America, this is not us, so it's hard for us to get this picture. But what I see kind of going on here is Paul and Silas, they're like, they're trying to do what God wants them to do. They're trying to do what God wants them to do. And they're focused and they're serving. They're just trying to keep the distractions out of the way. That's the hardest part of life sometimes is keeping the distractions out of the way. And I look at what this passage says right here. And, and I look at the frustration, the annoying frustration, the, the being seized before the authorities, the city just turning their back on you, crowds joining in, being stripped and beaten. And I ask myself the question, did they ever think about ringing the bell? Did they ever think about it? Let's keep going. After they had been severely flogged, and they were thrown in to prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Let me ask you, when would you have rung the bell if you were in this story? When would it have been? Would it have been with the annoying little girl? Would it have been with the riot? Would it have been in court? Would it have been with the beating? At what point in your life would you have rung the bell? Has Paul and Silas rung the bell yet? Not yet. The question is why? The question is how? About midnight, Paul and Silas were, say it, they were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. In the moments in our life where we want to ring the bell, I'm going to tell you why we get to that place. We get to that place because the challenge, the frustration, the overwhelmingness, the anxiety of the moment that we might be living in, the, the difficulty that we might be living in, it's so easy in those moments to focus on one thing, to focus on that problem, to focus on that stress, to focus on you know the thing that we think is causing us problems and issues. Matter of fact, in the Greek, the word anxiety literally means one thing out of place. One thing out of place. One thing in our life gets out of place and what happens to our whole life sometimes? We feel like it's just crashing down because we put so much stock in that one thing. Paul and Silas could have been like, God, what's the deal? Like, we're, we're, we're here trying to heal people. We're here driving out demons in your name. We're here preaching your gospel and saving souls. Why in the world would you let this happen to us? And they could have focused on the moment in the room, in the inner cell with the stocks, and been like, I'm done. I'm done. Ring the bell. I'm out. God, if this is what it's going to be, I'm tired of it. I can't do it anymore. But what did they do? They zoomed out. 
They zoomed out. They didn't just pray and sing. I, I like how it, how it ends it. They prayed and sang to who? Who did they sing to? To God. They focused on God. They, they zoomed out from their moment and they said, there's something bigger here. There's something better here. There's something more important here. And so the question is, how do we zoom out? We zoom out through what? Worship. We zoom out through worship. And when we make up our mind that our focus every day is going to be a focus of worship, when we make wake up every day and decide my focus is not going to be on my individual issues. Because listen, individual issues and challenges are always going to be there. There always are going to be anxieties that keep our life just a little bit out of sorts. But when we wake up every morning and say, I'm focused on the prize, I'm focused on the Savior, I'm focused on God, I'm going to sing His praises and talk to Him no matter what going on, God restores the joy of our salvation. He restores the what? What's that word? Say it again. The joy of our salvation. Our salvation is supposed to make us so different that we are in the middle of a storm and we're standing there without the umbrella and we're smiling, and we're happy, and everything's great, and everything's wonderful, and everybody around us is looking at us, and they're going, what's wrong with him? I wonder, because that passage says, and, and the people in the prison, the prisoners, they were what? They were listening. And I wonder how many of them were listening and being moved, and then how many of them were listening and being like, they're crazy. What's wrong with them? Do they realize where they are? See, they're focused on the one thing. Paul and Silas are pulled out, and they're focusing on the joy of their, of their salvation. So what happens in our life when we have that attitude? What happens when we have that principle to where the stresses, the challenges, that, that's, that's not my reality. That's, that's not where I'm focused. I'm focused on God. What happens? About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Not just the guys who were praying and singing, but whose? Everyone's. Your prayer, your trust in God not only affects you, it affects everyone around you. It changes the dynamic of everything. The, jail, the jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword, and he was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. What's his focus? I have failed at my job. What's his reality? I might as well die because it's going to be better than what I, what I have to deal with. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Focus on the right reality. In your life, when you focus on God, when He is that thing that takes you from point A to point B to point C, and so on and so on, you open up the door for magnificent things in your life. Could Paul and Silas have drawn this story out themselves? If they were sitting there and storyboarding this thing and, and writing their movie, 
Do you think that they would have thought, okay, we're going to pray and sing, and then God's going to send an earthquake? No, God always shows up in this moment in ways that we just we weren't expecting, that, that we had no idea was going to happen or was going to take place. We, you never know. We cannot plan miracles in our life, but who can? God. They're miracles to us because to us there's no way we could accomplish them. To God, it's just God. It's just God doing what God does. But we have to make up our mind. What reality are we focused on? In this moment, in this story, the way that everybody is experiencing it, Paul and Silas are focused on the right reality. God has delivered. God has saved. The jailer is looking at the same thing. He's living in the same moment. But his focus and his reality is what? Not salvation and life and freedom. His focus is, it's all over. I can't do it anymore. I'm ringing the bell. We have to make sure in our life that we always focus on the right reality. So what is that? Well, Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. And this is one of my favorite things that Paul writes, especially in our world today, because our world is full of so much garbage. So much garbage. And we get it from everywhere, from every... It used to be that your world's only full of kind of what you wanted it to be full of. And that's still true, but we have opened up ourselves to so many other avenues for people to throw their garbage into our life, all right? And so it's easy to get... It's so easy. I've said this before, and it's kind of a joke, that in this world, if someone does something to you, this is where we are. If someone does something to you and it doesn't offend you, there's someone that says, I'll be offended for you. You know, that, that's just where we are. Our, our world is that way. So it's easy to focus on so many things that don't matter. But Paul says this, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, say these last four words. Think about such things. Say it again. Think about such things. Focus on the right reality. Focus on godly reality. Focus on the fact that God came. He, uh, through Jesus, He lived. He died. He was resurrected. He is my perfect sacrifice. He's promised me a home in eternity. He says this reality is not the only reality. These struggles, they are, they are just the journey that gets you to somewhere else where there will be no struggle. There'll be no challenge. There'll be no heartache. There'll be no crying. There'll be no pain. There'll be no sickness. None of those things exist. That's what we're striving for. We have to keep God right there so that we reach the other side. We have to be someone that's always looking for something to praise God for. In our world, there's two types of people in, in, in the Christian walk. There's complainers and there's worshipers. And what's the difference in the two? Worshipers are always looking for something to praise God for. Always doesn't matter what's going on. They're always looking for that one thing to praise God for. What are you struggling with in your life right now? What are you complaining about? What's got your life out of, out of sync? Because our complaints, they ring the bell. 
When we start to worry about those little things, when we start to complain, when we start to get anxious, we're looking at God and we're going, I'm fixing to grab it, God. I'm fixing to ring it. I'm fixing to be done. We've all been there. I've been there. You've been there. That's the reality of human nature. But there are just times in our life where we want to give up. We do. No matter how many times he says, hey, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. There are just times that we feel alone, we struggle, and we want to give up. But in that moment, remember this. Your focus determines your reality. And never ring the bell. That's your challenge this morning. To allow these things to sink into your heart. Allow the Spirit to convict you with these things and live a life of worship so that that frames every reality you walk through. Let's close with a word of prayer. God, we thank you for the time to be in your presence today. We thank you for the chance to just open up your word and, and, and read this story and, uh, and realize that it's not just a story, God, that it, it is and was reality for Paul and Silas. They lived this they live these words. And their life and their actions in this moment give us hope to remind us that when, when we're faced with the reality of challenge and anxiety and, and what seems like our world falling down around us, that you're still there. That you're still listening. That you still hear us. That you're just waiting for us to worship you in the storm. You're waiting to hear our songs. You're waiting to hear our prayers. And help us to have the heart to do just that. Help us to keep you as our focus all day, every day, no matter what's going on. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thou art giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed. Thank you again for joining us, and please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or our podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast provider. Also, leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Mortals join the mighty chorus Which and Twitter. the morning stars began For the love Be sure to join us again And until then, remember to love like Jesus man to man.